Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. We are kicking off a a brand new series today called Finding Normal. And, uh, and I think this is so appropriate. Many of you know uh, our world has been in a tailspin over the last, last several months. And uh, changes are happening all around us. It, it feels like there's so many different moving parts. And, you know, trying to make sense of what's happening in a world that's constantly changing, that seems to be the struggle. You know, everything's changing. The, the way that we work has changed. You know, I never heard of Zoom until like two months ago, and now I'm going from one Zoom call to the next Zoom call. I feel like my world has just been Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Uh, You know, the way our kids go to school, they've been going to school online, trying to finish the school year. Uh, The way we shop is changing uh, all the different nuances of how we go get groceries, how we prepare meals, um, you know, uh, how we connect connecting, you know, the need for relationship and friendship, that never goes away, but how we address that changes. Even how we've attended church, everything seems to be changing. There's, there's so many questions that surround us, and that's why I think that this series is going to be so helpful. You know, the, one of the dominant questions is simply this, of everything that's changing, what changes are temporary and which ones are long-term. You know, the world is gonna be different. I think we can all attest to that. On the other side of this, we are gonna step into a very different world. But what will that world look like? And what will normal be? What's the new norm? Uh, So finding normal, I think, is gonna be a great investment into your life personally, as well as your family. This series, what we're going to do, we're going to track along with the children of Israel. We're going to follow their journey as they left Egypt, something they had become very accustomed to, and they left that behind to walk into an unknown future and a new life with God. You know, if you're taking notes, I want you to write down this word. I I was fascinated to discover this. Write down the word quarantine, okay? We are very familiar with that word quarantine. But if you do a little study, do a little research on that word, you know, it came from a 17th century Latin term. And that word quarantine literally means a space of 40 days, or literally the term 40. I begin to think about that, quarantine meaning 40 days. You know, when the children of Israel were on the very brink of the promised land, Moses sent out spies to investigate. And do you know how long they investigated? They scouted out the promised land for 40 days. I want you to think about the quarantine that Israel was in. As they were looking at the promised land and they were making an assessment, they gathered their information and they came back and gave their report to Moses. What's interesting to me is how they handled those 40 days set them back 40 years. I want you to think about this, how we handle this quarantine, it can either set us back or it can push us forward. 
And I just believe that for the body of believers, for those of us who name the name of Jesus, we feel an eternal purpose on our lives. How we navigate this season, I think, can push us forward in such a powerful way. If you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14, and I want to read a few verses. Let me give you some context here. Israel had just left Egypt. They, after 400 years of slavery, they had just walked out of Egypt. They were about to step into something new, something uncertain. Um, They hadn't been gone but maybe a week. I mean, less than seven days. They had left Egypt, and here they were with the Red Sea in front of them. The Bible says that the Red Sea was before them, and the Egyptian army was behind them. They were stuck. They felt lost. There was uncertainty all around them. Uh, Again, this context means so much because for us, some of us feel stuck. We, We feel lost. We're in this quarantine. We we don't know what's in front of us. And, you know, there are things that still talk to us from our past. And the Bible says in Exodus chapter 14, starting with verse 10, when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. Verse 11, they said, Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this first thought down. I think this is powerful. But here in this passage, we see in times of uncertainty, our instinct is to retreat. That's our natural human tendency, is to draw back. I want you to notice how many times the Israelites referred to Egypt. In this one passage, they speak of Egypt five times. Now, this is the first of 10 recorded complaints that we'll see in their journey. But they keep thinking about the past. They're like, Moses, what are you doing? Haven't we told you it was better for us to stay back in Egypt? Why did we ever leave Egypt? Egypt, as bad as it was there, it's even worse here. They kept being drawn back to their past. And I wonder if for some of us in this season of uncertainty, we long for what was the past. We're we're instinctively retreating, going backwards to what was familiar. You know, it's interesting, after so many years of being oppressed, of being slaves, they had become accustomed. They were almost conditioned to being mistreated. Here, God had done so much for them to deliver them from bondage, and they're on the brink of stepping into a new season, and all they can think about is what's behind them. They got a little taste of freedom, and it didn't taste like what they were used to. They didn't like it, they wanted to go back. You see, here's what I'm discovering. As I study this and and as I try to apply it to my own life, I'm, I'm learning this, God wasn't just trying to get them out of Egypt. He was trying to get Egypt out of them. 
He wasn't just trying to move them into a new geography, but there was a spiritual dynamic that, was, that, that God was addressing. He wasn't just trying to move them out of the population of Egypt. They had been in Egypt so long that so much of Egypt was still inside of them. You know, as we step forward into this new normal, I want us to be careful. I read this quote the other day. I thought this was so powerful. Dave Hollis said this. He said, in the rush to return to normal, use this time to consider which parts of normal are worth rushing back to. I know there's something familiar about where we came from, but just because it's familiar doesn't necessarily mean that it's good. Just because we're used to it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best for us. You know, you think about this in in business terms. I know with the advent of the internet and the age of the information that we have available to us, so many things have changed. I mean, some businesses have been able to adapt and adjust and move forward in an even greater way. And others haven't been able to morph to find that next season. I mean, you think about Netflix. And I know some of you probably spend a lot of time on Netflix during this quarantine. It's amazing how streaming videos have changed how we watch movies now. Netflix came on the scene and put Blockbuster out of business. Blockbuster, there is no brick and mortar Blockbuster anymore because Netflix brought something new. Uh, Starbucks. Starbucks moves into the neighborhood and changes the way we consume coffee. And now the little mom and pop shops are are, are no longer there. Um, I thought about Uber. You know, Uber comes onto the scene and it threatens the taxi cab industry. You know, all because these businesses refuse to make changes. I mean, think about it. There was a company, a small company back in 1994 by the name of Amazon. And Amazon gets this crazy idea. You know what? We're going to allow people to shop online. And now look at how we're shopping. That crazy out-of-the-box idea some, you know, 25 years ago has totally transformed how we purchase things now. I guess my challenge for us as a church is this. Don't double down on the way that you used to do business. Don't dig in your heels and say, well, you know what? The old way of doing things is better. Listen, this is a new reality. And I want to tell you this. If God's going to bring us to a new reality, it's going to require a new mentality. Come on, somebody. Can I have a good amen? We're going to have to make some adjustments internally to how we think and how we process things. I mean, maybe, just maybe, God is using this quarantine as a way of pushing you into a new season. Maybe what we're seeing play out all around us could be part of God's transformation on the inside of us. You see, the Israelites were comfortable in Egypt. What they stepped into, though it was freedom, it felt different for them. And because it was unfamiliar, they retreated to their past. You know, I feel like as a church, we're in a season that may be uncomfortable. It may be brand new, but I think there are some amazing possibilities that can come out of this. I I really do. Sometimes your greatest creativity will come out of impossibility. 
you know, this season is forcing all of us to think new thoughts. Um, We're having to look at the world through a different lens. And we can't bring the past, the the past mindsets and mentalities to address the new challenges in front of us. In fact, Jesus said it this way. He says, listen, why would you put new wine in an old wineskin? Hear me, church, I think God has new wine for us. I think there's a new season, there's a new experience, and God's saying, don't wrap it up in an old way. Be willing to embrace the changes around you without retreating to what's familiar behind you. Does that make sense? You know, what's funny, I got, I got to tell him my dad. My dad called me last week. And uh, I, was, I was blown away. He called me. I looked down at my phone, and it's my dad calling me, but he's, he's wanting to FaceTime me, okay? I was floored when, when I see this caller ID, and it says, Dad, and then it says, FaceTime. And my dad's 73 years old, okay? He's had a flip phone for a long time. He just got a smartphone, okay? Brand new technology, and I see my dad wanting to FaceTime me, and I pick up, and I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? And my dad said, son, I see you. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I see you. And then he asked me this. He said, son, how did you do that? I'm like, I didn't do it. You did it. He said, I did what? I said, you FaceTimed me. He said, what's FaceTime? (laughs) I'm like, dude, this is my face talking to your face. You called me. I thought, man, that is awesome. Here he is, 73 years old, and now he's embracing technology. He was so thrilled that he could not only hear me, but he could see my face. I thought, you know what? Sometimes that's the journey that a lot of us are on. We're reluctant as God pushes us into a new season, simply because we're familiar with the old way. I'm telling you this, church, we're gonna have to trust an unknown future to a very well-known God. You see, it may be unfamiliar to you, but it's very familiar to the Lord. God was doing something supernatural in the children of Israel. He was trying to move them forward. You say, well, wait a second, Mike, are we not supposed to look back? I'll tell you this, the only reason why we look back is to remember the faithfulness of God. If we're going to look behind us, let's look and see those moments, those opportunities, the battles that we fought, the challenges that we faced. If you're going to look behind you, look back to see God's faithfulness. You see, the children of Israel, they were looking back and they were staring at the Egyptian army. But they should have looked back further because remember the 10 plagues, remember the 10 supernatural signs, the faithfulness of God time and time and time again. You see, if we're going to look back, we need to rehearse the faithfulness of God. And if God did it then, come on somebody, if God did it then, he can do it again. Looking back in our past helps us to see the faithfulness of God. Lord, if you were with me then, I know you'll be with me again. One of the things we've been doing at the house is we've been watching old LSU football games. We've watched the entire 2019 season again and again. And Rachel walked in the living room the other day and Trevor and I, we were watching the Alabama game. Come on, baby. Come on. That was awesome. And she walks into the living room and she's like, boys, what are y'all doing? You, you know how this ends. You've seen this a dozen times. I'm like, shh, hey, be quiet. Burrow's getting ready to throw a touchdown right now. You know, Trevor and I, we're just into it. We know what's going to happen, 
but we want to see it again. We want to see it again. Come on, LSU dominating again and again. It never gets old. You know, we ought to be the same way with God. Oh, the stories of what he did yesterday. Maybe he healed some of you of sickness in your body. Maybe he touched your marriage when nobody gave you hope. You didn't even have hope yourself. God did a miracle. Maybe when your finances were, you'd reached the end of, uh, uh, of your money before the end of the month and you didn't know where your next meal was going to come from and God supplied your need. That's when you look back to his faithfulness. The only reason we look back is to affirm the presence and the power of our faithful God. You see, sometimes as God's moving us forward, you know, we, we get real nervous because we're stepping into new territory. I, I want to I say this from my heart to our church, a healing place, and, and I am so proud of how you have handled yourself in this season. But I want you to hear this from your pastor. We are not in survival mode. This is not survival mode. Oh, if we, if we can just get these stay-at-home restrictions lifted, and man, if we can just get the, man, if we just got to hunker down and just, we're going to ride this thing out. No, 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 no. This is not survival mode. Man, we are coming out of this thing stronger. We're coming out of this thing better than we went into it. We're coming out of this thing wiser than we started. I, I believe God wants to use this unfamiliar season for his church to move us forward in a powerful way. Church, we have massive opportunities. Uh, I'm, I'm constantly thinking, what can we be as a church? What can we do as a church versus what can we preserve from our past? You see, if God's wanting to change things, let's embrace change and let's move into a newfound freedom. Are you with me? You see, the children of Israel with the Red Sea in front of them, the Egyptian army behind them, they were stuck and they complained to Moses, said, man, we had it better backwards. Listen, don't go back. Don't go back. You're going to find a new normal forwards. Check this out. Verse 15. The Lord says this. He says to Moses, Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Come on, somebody say go forward. Tell the people of Israel to move forward. Lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through sea on dry ground. The second thing I want you to see is this. God's best for you is in front of you. God's best for you. It's not the glory days of what was. God has something supernatural and he's waiting for us to step into it. Uh, my, my heart is this, don't miss the miracle in front of you because you're longing to go back to what you knew. You're longing to go back to yesterday. The supernatural is waiting for you to step into. Don't miss the miracle. As a church, we continue to move forward. We reinvent ways of doing things, ways of connecting. Listen, the, the, the message of the gospel is timeless. It never changes. But the way that we give that continues to evolve. And out of impossibility, we discover creativity. We see supernatural things happen because we're not just waiting, but we're moving forward. You say, well, Mike, how do I move forward? We'll look at the previous two verses. Verses. It gives us four simple things. Here's how we move forward. Moses said to the people, fear not. Come on, somebody say fear not. He says, stand firm. Say stand firm. stand firm. 
He says, see the salvation of the Lord. Come on, somebody say, open your eyes. He said, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you'll never see again. For the Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. Come on, somebody say, watch your mouth. Now notice those four things, simple things, but this is the spirit that's gonna move us forward. And the first is fear not. Don't be afraid. And, and, and here's the picture. And uh, Pastor Timmy, let me, let me see this here. Throw, throw me this ball. There we go. Check this out. Here's the picture that I, I saw when I read this again this week. We, we pivot, but we don't panic. Okay, you, you pivot. And I guess the, the, the old basketball player in me kind of came out. Pivot. You know, when, when, when I grew up playing ball, I learned something, and it was a simple tool, but it was a powerful way to create a new opportunity. When you get the ball, you have what's called your pivot foot, okay? I got my foot planted, and on this foot right here, I can do different things. I can change. I can change my position. You see, the defense will try to come on me and pressure me, but if I have the ball, I can pivot and I can change my focus and I can see a new opportunity. I can break down the defender. Come on, Timmy, you don't want none of this, man. You know, I actually met Timmy straight almost 30 years ago on a basketball court. And he says that he met my elbow first before he actually met me. I don't know if that's true or not. Timmy, you don't want me to break you down in a three-point stance, man. Come on, you come up close to me, I'm going to blow by you with that quickness. But you give me enough room, I'm going to shoot that three. Come on, somebody. The, The pivot foot, if I plant this foot here and pivot, I can do things, I can see things in a different realm. And some of us are being pressured. There's defense coming against us and the temptation is to panic. And God's saying, no, no, don't panic, pivot. If you pivot, then you can do some different things. You have new opportunities. And and that's the challenge that I really feel like God is giving us as a church. How do we move forward? We're not gonna move forward in fear. He told the Israelites, he says, fear not. Look, I'm with you. You've been looking at the Egyptians behind you, but don't forget, if you pivot, you can get a different perspective. Uh, Let me ask you this. What area of your life do you need to pivot in? Some of you need to pivot in a relationship. Some of you, you you need to get a new perspective of of family, uh, of schedules. I know before this pandemic hit, some of us are running 90 miles an hour. You know what this has forced us to do? It's forced us to pivot and to slow some things down. You know, family time, investing in relationships in a new way. What area of your life do you need to pivot in? Let me give that back to Timmy. Come on, Timmy. He's still got game. He's still got game. God told the children of Israel, fear not. But then the second thing he told them was, stand firm. And I like that. Stand firm means be confident. Uh, You know, when you understand the presence of God and you know that the supernatural is in front of you, you can be confident that the presence of God inside of you will move you and get you right where you need to be. You don't have to be afraid. You're making the adjustments. You're making changes. Things are, 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 are moving all around us, but there is a constant on the inside of us. I, I love that about the Lord. 
You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 13 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The world may be changing all around us, but there is a constant on the inside of us, and that's what gives us strength. We're not going to fear, but we're going to stand firm. And then he says, see the salvation of the Lord. In other words, you've got to open your eyes. Open your eyes. Don't miss what it is that God's doing. You got to look and see. Uh, here's, here's the thought that I had, and I want you to jot this down. Some of us, we need to focus in three areas. We need to focus on what is God doing globally? What is God doing locally, and then what is God doing personally in my own life? I want, to, I want to say that again. God wants us to see what he's doing all around the world, globally. You know what I feel in my spirit? That the stage is being set for the return of Jesus Christ. I feel that. I, I sense that. And, and I've been following the Lord for a long time. And I've seen some things come and, and I've seen some things go. Uh, obviously, these are very unique days, almost unprecedented days. Some of us have never walked through a time like this. But you can see, just as a meteorologist can predict the weather and see the signs, in the spirit realm, God wants us to see the stages being set. Man, he wants the bride of Christ to be ready. The, the, the return of Jesus, man, where he takes us away, it should not catch us by surprise. He's saying, open your eyes, see what I'm doing all around the world. What is God doing globally? Number two, what is he doing locally? What is he doing through the church? You know, I, I love being a part of the body of Christ. And I love what I see God doing, mobilizing us for a harvest that's in front of us. I'm telling you, people are having more spiritual questions and conversations now than ever before. And you know what God is doing in his church? He's getting us ready. He's mobilizing us. He's positioning us. Some of you have, have talked to neighbors and you've talked to friends and you've had conversations for the first time about things of God. You know, it's amazing how division and, and animosity and sometimes all those things melt away in the midst of a crisis. And, and what's stripped back is what really matters most. And, and what I see God doing across the body of Christ is preparing us and mobilizing us because there's a harvest coming. God, what are you doing globally? What are you doing locally through the church? But then we got to ask ourselves, Lord, what are you doing personally in our own lives? We gotta see it. Lord, maybe some of us need to restructure and reprioritize. Maybe some of the things we thought were important but before all of this happened, now we realize it wasn't so important. Where we give our time and how we invest our energy, God doesn't want us to miss it. Notice he says, fear not, stand firm, open your eyes, and then he says, be silent. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Watch what comes out of your mouth. You know, what's interesting to me, and we're gonna see this over the next several weeks, but the children of Israel continued to complain. They complained, they, they complained to Moses. They complained to God. They just kept complaining. And if you understand a little bit about biblical geography, from Egypt, 
to the promised land, to Canaan, was literally an 11 or 12 day journey. I mean, it was a two week journey to get from slavery to the promise. But because they complained, that 11 day journey turned into a 40 year circle of destruction. I mean, they just circled. The more they complained, the more they continued to go in circles. You know, in this, if, if we're going to move forward, we have to pay attention to the words that come out of our mouth. You know why? Because there's a promise that's in front of us. And you can miss your promise because your mouth will mess you up. Don't let your mouth cause you to miss your destiny. Oh, you know, an entire generation of Israelites had to die off. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and never walked into the promise God had for them. Listen, don't let your mouth mess you up. I know there's a temptation in times of uncertainty to go backwards, but God's best for us is in front of us. Let me finish this in verse 21. The Bible says, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Do you see the supernatural here? Uh, Who was it that parted the sea? It wasn't Moses. Moses had to obey. It wasn't the people. The people had to start stepping. But it was God himself that pushed back those waters to create that path. Look at what it says in verse 26. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning had appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. Here's the final thing I want to tell you simply this. God himself will make a way. God's going to make a way. I know we're in this quarantine, this season of restrictions. And as things begin to open up, it creates a a new normal, a a new reality. None of us knows exactly what that's going to look like. But I want to tell you this, God's going to make a way for us. He's going to make a way for his people. He did it at the beginning of time and he's still doing it today. God made a way. Where there seemed to be no way, God said, if you'll just obey me. I know this is unorthodox. I know this is unusual. I know you've never been here before, but trust me. Trust me. If you do this, watch what I do. And those waters begin to part. Now, let me ask you this question. Why did God close the waters behind the Israelites? Once they passed through, passed through on dry ground, and they've reached the other side. Why did God close the waters behind them? Really two reasons, I thought. And the first is this, I think God wanted the Israelites to see that their victory would be total and complete. I mean, from Pharaoh down to the final soldier, they were not just thrown into confusion, they were completely destroyed. Can I tell you this? When God sets you free, he doesn't just do it halfway. He doesn't just start something and not finish it. I mean, God's going to get us to the other side. We're going to be better coming out than we were before. But we'll look behind us and every battle, every confusion, all all the enemies that were against us, God's saying, I got that. I got that. I took care of that. I'm God over it all. I think he closed the waters to convince the Israelites that the victory he gave them would be complete. But here's the second thing I thought. I thought, I think he closed the waters also 
to close the doors to their past. He's saying, listen, there's nothing back in Egypt for you. I'm shutting the door. I'm bringing you into a new place and I'm giving you a new grace. You see, God is bringing us into an unknown future. And he's going to shut some doors behind us. This is a, it's a different world. It's a new reality. But when God brings you into a new place, he's going to give you a new grace. And so there's going to be nothing from back there that you're going to need other than God himself. You see, God and God alone is our source. He's our salvation and he's our strength. Now, I want to give you a warning. Because I know sometimes we're tempted to think, well, if I can, if I can just get there, the Israelites had their promised land. If I can just find my promised land, we can just make it through this, this quarantine, this pandemic. If, I, if we can just get on the other side of this, everything's going to be fine. You know, the truth is this, our victory is not in a place, but it's in a person. Okay. So consider this, when the Israelites finally get to the promised land, they get into that land, and sure enough, it is. It's, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a land of abundance and prosperity. But guess what? There were giants in that land too. There were battles that they had to fight. You know, if you're going to walk in your promise, you're still going to have to fight some battles. So don't make it about a location or a position or a place. Make it about a person. God and God alone. You see, in a world that's constantly changing, we can be anchored to an unchangeable God. He's our only guarantee. I don't know what's on the other side of this pandemic. I don't know what this new normal is going to look like, but I tell you this, I'm holding on to him. I'm holding on to Jesus. And, and I want to encourage you. I want you to do the same. Sometimes we, we, we reach out and try to grab a hold of things that were comfortable or familiar and God's saying, no, 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 that's good, but I got something better for you. Okay, the Israelites, okay, you know, stepping out of Egypt is good, but there's something better. There's a promised land in front of you. Let's hold on to him and him alone, amen. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.